Hey guys, Luke McElroy from Mets Performance Consulting. Welcome back to another episode of the Physiology Secrets Podcast. Joined with Nick Jane Koskis today, we're going to go through another training session. So over to you, Nick. What do we got today? Yeah, so we've got a got an interesting session that got sent in via Instagram. Um, we're looking at primarily 800. So the main set of the session uh, is 10 by 800 meters at 120% of threshold run pace. Uh, with a one and a half minute jog recovery in between. And then to finish out the session, um, four by 200 meter, uh, as hard as you can go is what's described with a two minute standing or walking um, in between. And then probably something just to add on is the, the warm up cool down protocol we might touch on um, in a little bit as well, but 4K easy warm up followed by four eight, 80 meter strides and then a 2K easy cool down. A uh, bit of background context to it as well. It's for building up towards a 70.3. So, um, five or so weeks out is the, was the plan for this session, I guess. Um, so what do we think about, what do you think about the session as a whole? I think we start with the mindset in terms of the 800s. Um, where do we think those are going? Yeah, I think it's looking pretty good. I mean, 10 by 800s at 120% of threshold, as, as we know, we're always about going you know, VO2 max, a percentage of VO2 max. I'm just trying to think in my head, do some quick math. 120% of FTP for most people is probably going to be up around in that 90 to maybe a 95%. Would yeah, it's you agree? going to be 9 to 95% of VO2 max, isn't it? Somewhere yeah. there. So intense, yeah, intensity is spot on. Um, 800 meters for someone like Caleb, God, I think he'd be going, oh, I think he'd be sub three, probably two, maybe 240, 245, something like that with a one minute 30 jog. So it's close enough to a two to one work to rest ratio, which is pretty spot on as well. Um, he's chosen to do an active recovery. So he's jogging in between. We would primarily do a, a passive recovery for that. But then I, I like that it's, you know, it's five weeks out. So from a specificity perspective, a minute 30 jog is going to be more specific than doing a, a walking recovery. So as long as he can maintain that intensity of 120%, or for us, it's sort of the 90, 95% VO2 max pace. If you can maintain that with the recovery, I mean, 10 efforts is heaps. That's, that's plenty. Um, an active recovery is more specific. Oh, I think that part of the set's really, really specific really solid like i can't really fault it um what are you what are your thoughts on that part yeah i think that in terms of in terms of the principles being being looked at in the 800s part i think reasonably spot on for the most part i like like what's happening there the only thing for me is the the load management side of it i think it's probably getting to that upper end of uh, my first initial thought we said this off off offline just before was that it's probably that's a massive session that's eight thousand meters of high intensity running um which if we think about like recommendation for how much we actually need to accumulate in a session like this to get get benefit for endurance athletes it's like really we're looking at like total session duration of sort of 30 odd minutes that's like on on effort and and recovery as well is probably the upper end would go most of the time maybe if you're doing 20 minutes of working time you might be a little bit higher but that's all we really need so we're really tipping well over that um if we include those one and a half minute jogs in there too we'd almost be having sort of up 26 27 minutes is about math sort of semi-right in terms of working time which is yeah. quite a lot um so that, that'd be my only thought in terms of where we might improve it is maybe we don't need to do as much or if we want to do 10 800s maybe dropping the intensity down a little bit i think that's there's got to be a trade-off there between how hard we push and how how many we do it for um but outside of that i think that yeah the, if we're looking at say if this was six 800s 120 percent of threshold pace pretty close as long as we're getting to that 95 odd percent of VO2 max thereabouts. And I don't mind the, the sort of two to one-ish work to rest ratio if we're talking, trying to drive a bit more of an aerobic stimulus as well. I, I don't mind that. Um, but yeah, I think the loading probably just needs a little bit of tweaking. 
Yeah, it's a good point. And as we said, we're always about talking about minimum effective dose. What is the minimum you need to do to get the maximum stimulus? And that probably is a bit more. Now that said, like it's, there's no problem by doing it. He's not going to get negative effects, but it's it's the, the next day or the next two days. If the, the legs are heavy and you can't hit the next section as hard due to fatigue, then that's when doing 10 instead of six or seven is going to really um, be detrimental. So he's not necessarily doing anything wrong in the sense that you'll still get the benefit, but you're just doing more low than you need to. And if you've got, you know, if you've got cooked legs the next day, that's going to affect um, not only the, the next day's training or, or for, even for that week, but, you know, you, you start talking about injury management and things like that as well. Um, but the in terms of the- thing as well, is, oh, that I just want to quickly touch on is that yep. the point, the point of doing this session is that he's put down here is to bring up that top end speed, which I'd then argue it's like, if we're doing that much working time, would it be more beneficial to do less reps at a, at a faster pace? If you can run 10, 800 to 120%, would that would like, or whatever equivalent that is, would we yep. be better off doing six, 800s at 125% or 130%? So that's where I sort of look at, well, you got to look at what the trade-off is and what are you trying to get out of that session? Um, so, so it can be like, I think there's a lot of positives in there, but there's also some other probably good conversations that you could have around improving it. Yeah. And one last thing I might just mention is um, considering running to, to time as opposed to distance. I know you go down the track, it's easy just to do two laps. It's, it's psychologically, it's quite easy to complete. But if you get fitter, you know, you do 800 meters in three minutes and then yeah. three, three weeks later, you're doing it in 245, then you, you're cutting the load by 15 seconds of rep, which is not what you want to do. Um, so that's just something to, to keep in the back of, of, of your mind as well. If you, if you are seeing rapid improvements and this might not, not necessarily be with this session, but someone at home who wants to start doing VO2 style intervals, you know, if you're getting faster, you're actually cutting your loading down by sticking to the distance because you're doing it 15 seconds or 20 seconds faster each rep. So, um, we always prescribe, I at least always prescribe time-based, um, unless somebody is going to be pretty much bang on the same time over you know, a block of training for a set distance. But yeah, I'm big on doing time just to make sure that loading's consistent as well. But that part of the session, so overall, I think we could probably get, maybe reduce the load a bit. The intensity looks good. I'm happy with an active recovery due to it being more specific. So it's a pretty good first half of the session. Just consider the loading just you know, to manage injury and things like that. Yep. Um, I'll go to you, mate. What are your thoughts on the second part? So the four by 200 meter effort. So as hard as you can go with a two minute standing or walking recovery in between. Yeah. I, in, in this type of session, after having done 800s that hard, I, I kind of look at it and go, it's probably not the best timing to get something like four by 200 done. Um, and, and if we look at rough work to rest ratio, again, assuming how quick you're going through those, we're probably looking at somewhere like a one to four. Wet to rest. So you probably expect someone his sort of pace to get through that 200 as flat out, maybe in sort of 35, yeah, 38, yeah, something like that. Somewhere. So we're looking about a one to four, um, which is pretty anaerobic capacity, like um, in terms of its in terms of its nature of a session. So if we're looking at maybe a better time to get that type of stuff done, if you really want to get 200s, would probably be when you're fresher at the start of the session, um, making sure that you can go as hard as you can go. Uh, to, to get that maximum benefit in the 200 meter effort at the end of the session. Uh, if it's, if it's there for a, trying to develop maybe a bit of a psychological sprint finish, I can keep pushing myself hard. I, I can understand the thought process, but is it probably going to do too much for us for a 70.3? Probably not. I kind of look at it in that part of the session at the end as a bit of a risk factor in terms of we're already probably heavily fatigued from the 800s. You go and try and run as hard and as fast as you can over 200. 
are, are we putting ourselves at a bit of an elevated risk of injury? Potentially, particularly if you haven't done much of that before and you don't regularly do flat out 200s or flat out 100s. Um, I, I probably look at that as a bit of a red flag. Um, so I'd be moving it uh, to the start of the session or potentially taking it out and maybe doing it elsewhere in the week if you really wanted it or if anything, potentially even just cut it out from the from the training week if we're looking at 70.3. I don't think it's overly, overly relevant at, at that distance of racing. Maybe sprint distance, try, but at, at the longer course stuff, probably not. Yeah, the way I interpret this is a this is a sprint finish. This is when I read that I interpreted this as trying to get good for your sprint finishes. Um, I think keeping it keeping uh, in line with physiological benefits. I agree that the, physiologically this is better at the start of the session. You always want to do your harder stuff first. Do your warm up, then do your harder stuff, and you, and you make it easier as you go along. Like that's because you want to do it whilst you're fresh, um, metabolically fresh, neuromuscularly fresh. If you're going to have to go hard or maximal, you want to do that whilst you're fresh. Uh, but I guess that's when we start moving into the specificity part of the podcast. Yeah, if if we're trying to specifically improve our sprint finish at the end of a race, then I can understand. I can make sense to put these um, at the end of a session under a bit of fatigue. Not so much for the physio- like the anaerobic capacity benefit, the physiological benefit, but just for that the psychological benefit of being able to to push for a sprint finish. Now, as you said, look, seventy point three. How often is there a sprint finish? Well, I mean, sometimes there is. Don't get me wrong, but you're right, it's probably more likely in the shorter distance, you know, sprint or Olympic where you might have to do a sprint finish. But I, I don't mind it. Like, I don't mind it from a specificity perspective if Caleb's specifically trying to improve his sprint finish. If he's trying to improve his anaerobic capacity, as, as you said, we can do it better, a separate session or at least the start of the session when you're more fresh. Um, uh, and four efforts of 200, look, you know what, you know what I'd even do? I'd, I'd almost can that and maybe – uh, let's say we do the um, let's say we've changed the 10 800s to let's just say it's eight for now all right change it to eight 800s um, you know what let's even give it at 10 all right we're keeping it at 10 but the last four you're going to do the last 30 seconds a bit faster or, or the last two even a little bit faster and that's kind of what i do not not just because i've got a bit of an ego <laughs> I'll, I'll keep the first six or say the first six three minute efforts at a consistent pace and then the last one the last minute or 45 seconds ago i just i put the hammer down and there's no physiological benefit for it but i just know that I, when i first started back training i knew 30 seconds is all i could do and then it was 45 and now it's a minute that i know i can push out to so it's good to know what your anaerobic reserve is like you're at a pace you're looking at your heart rate you're rating receive exertion you want to know how far out from the finish line you can go and for me it's a minute right now i wouldn't be able to do a minute 30 i don't know i'd blow up and that would be detrimental to performance so um from a specificity perspective Maybe that's better. Maybe we, we cut out that, but almost incorporate it into some of the back-end efforts of these 800s because, again, you're not going to get to do a sprint finish off two-minute standing recovery. You're going to have to do it whilst you're already on the limit. So if we're already on the limit in these 800s, just do the last 100 metres, 150, maybe 200 metres of a couple of those last efforts, um, as, far as, you, as far as you can go, sprint finish, and that's going to be even more specific um, to the demands. And so I, I think, think that's where I think, I'm at. Yeah, yeah, I think that's probably a, a pretty good point there, and I I probably agree with that sort of process a little bit more than than doing it, um, doing the four two hundreds on their own. Because the other thing we I think I've been coming up to my point on sort of risk factor for injury and things like that. If we're going four flat outs, you had good recovery after your eight hundreds, but we're coming into those those twos reasonably ready to run at high speed. The comparative like change in speed. If you're doing it as part as part of the end of the eight hundred you're probably not going to be able to get to as high of a top speed in that last 200 metres than you are 
if you're from a fresh start standing still. So that, that's also where it's probably a little bit more manageable for most um, most people. It's a bit more of a gradual build of speed in that those initial stages, not a big hard acceleration. Um, and, and it is going to be more specific. I mean, like you said, how many times are you going to stop for two minutes and then then go again in a in the last 200 meters of your 70.3? You're probably not. Um, you, you, you're going to be continuously running into it, and if anything, just slowly building as you go, and then and then maybe the last couple hundred meters really. Um, go as hard as you can so building into the 800s probably makes a bit more sense yeah as i say like say you're doing 800s maybe 330 pace you do your, your last 200 meters as a sprint finish at maybe 250 to three minute k's as opposed to doing your fresh 200 where you'd be going sub 230 probably which yeah. is a, a very different load particularly different plyometric load on the hamstrings and things like that as well which yeah. is pretty risky yeah um, anything else to add, mate, or do you reckon we can wrap this one up? No, I reckon probably the only other thing, maybe if we want to quickly touch on, is just the like for the for this type of session, maybe the warm up and the and the cool down. We've got a four k easy warm up and then a two kilometer cool down after having already done well eight 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 k plus the two hundreds uh, in the main set. A- any any thoughts on probably more the warm up side of things? The cool down, I think everyone's a little bit different in terms of how much or how little they like to do, and, and it's just listed here as easy, but. 4Ks in terms of warm-up, bit much, right amount. What do we think? Yeah, I mean, probably an individual thing as well. I and mean, as much psychological as physiological, I would never do 4Ks myself. Uh, unless it was a really, really cold day. I don't have much more than 4Ks in me anyway, so I don't think I'd be wasting it in my warm-up. Someone like Caleb Wood, Caleb Wood though. Um, look, I mean, what are the goals of the warm-up? We want to increase muscle temperature. We want to increase baseline oxygen consumption. We want to get accumulate a little bit of metabolic byproducts and start to clear them out. Uh, we want to increase core body temperature by about a degree. Um, we want to increase mobility of the muscles and so maybe add some dynamic stretches in there. To do all those sort of things, like probably 2K is plenty. Unless it's a really cold day, I, I would have thought something like 2K is plenty plus some dynamic stretches plus your strides uh, to achieve the goals of a warm-up. Are you, are you anything to add on the goals of a warm-up there? Yeah, again, it's just increase the body temperature, get yourself moving. Prepare yourself as best you can for the actual work effort. So yeah, like enough enough stride throughs or whatever you like to do to to at least get to a point where you've exposed yourself a little bit to the actual main set intensity. You don't have to do a lot. So if we're doing eight hundreds, it might only be twenty second little bursts, but to get yourself up to that that three thirty pace or whatever we're trying to hit in the session, I think is is probably the key. Um, and as we said, everyone's a little bit different. I, I don't necessarily like doing massive long extended warm ups, but um, I'm very different for how I run uh, just a straight interval session versus going and doing a game of football. Like I'll do very different things based on the type of activity I'm doing as well versus cycling. Or all, all like I, I've almost have different warm up protocols for different types of sessions and things like that. Anyway, so you, you just want to get yourself in a state where you're ready to go. You, you you're not jumping straight into it off of nothing essentially. Um, and anyway, the, the warm up is going to help bring up your oxygen consumption, help get you closer to that VO2 um, in those initial stages of the session as well. So there's a bit, bit of benefit there. But um, yeah, and one you just thing want be, you just want to be careful you're not doing too much. That's probably the, the main thing. You don't want to be cooking yourself in the warm up because you've just done four or five K and now you've got eight Ks of a main set. Yeah, one thing I find anecdotally works really well for me is keeping it to closer to two Ks, and the two Ks is just going to be at a, a real sub max workload. Um, doing my dynamic stretches, doing you know my four or five strides at a building pace, and then let's say the main set is ten by eight hundreds. I just do the first one instead of one twenty percent. I build it a hundred percent of my FTP. So it's because it, it, you're not you're going to increase your oxygen consumption by running it. You know, let's say 
let's say I'm, Caleb's doing these at 3.30 pace, the 800s, but he's doing his warm-up at a 4.30 average. Like, that's a whole minute difference. Whereas if you could just do – you do your 4.30 average for, for your 2K plus your strides and your stretches, and then you do the first effort at, say, four minutes or 3.50 pace, so a little bit slower than the, the target, that's really going to get that oxygen consumption right up there. And you feel a lot better. Like I always struggle the first interval and then because my oxygen consumption is still coming up because, you know, as, as much as – unless you really increase that intensity at the back end of the warm-up, which you're yep. supposed to do, like it's it's never it's, – it's not the same. So you could do that. You do 2K warm-up plus your first 800 at a little bit slower than target pace. There's a 2.8K total warm-up. You've cut off 1.2, which is good from a loading perspective. You probably prepared your body more and then, you know, you're going to get your heart rate and oxygen kinetics right up to where it's supposed to be for that next interval. Um, so yeah, but it's an individual thing, but, uh, that's a couple of little tricks and tips there. So overall, I think this session is overall, it's good. Um, there's some tweaking that can be done just depending on, on what the, the overall outcome is. The way we've interpreted this is that we're doing, you know, 10, 800s at, at, at pretty quick, 90% of VO2 max with a 130 jog with the four 200 meter efforts. We're saying that, look, if the 200 meter efforts are just to get better at the sprint finish, we can just put them into the 800s and just because that's going to be more specific, it's going to be less load because you're not going to be running 230, you're going to be running it at three minute Ks off the back of that for the sprint. Um, so that's good. And then we can consider maybe dropping the 10 800s to something like maybe eight. That would probably be sufficient to get adequate results and also considering potentially running to time instead of distance, but that just depends on the person. So overall, pretty good session, a couple of small tweaks that can be made. Um, but it's uh, it's certainly if we had a, had a continuum, I'd put it on the on the better end of the continuum. Yeah, um, with just a couple of tweaks to make it an excellent session. Awesome. All right, we're gonna wrap it up there. Um, thanks for listening. Keep sending through your training sessions to nick at metsperformance.com or via our Instagram page at Mets Performance, uh, and we'll see you on the next one. Hey, podcast, Nick from Mets here. Hopefully you enjoyed another great episode of the Physiology Secrets podcast. If you want to keep up to date with any future episodes we produce, other content we create here, or just anything that's happening in the lab here in general, be sure to click the link below. Sign up to our weekly updates. We're going to receive some absolute gold in terms of what's happening in the lab, what are we seeing and observing, and also some of our old content as well that you might have missed to further understand the science behind endurance performance. So if you are interested, make sure you do click the link below, sign up for those weekly updates, and head over to our social media as well. Follow us along at Instagram, at Mets Performance. Head over to Facebook. We have a great YouTube channel as well. Be sure to check out all of our great content that is already up there, but also some of the great stuff that is coming soon. Thanks again. Be sure to share the podcast. Hopefully you enjoyed another episode and we'll see you in the next one.